south of the south. So, hey, how's your mama and them doing? You know, how's, how's the family? How's the kids? You know, and I was just thinking, being a little humorous, and I was thinking, well, so, uh, God, uh, how's, how's, uh, how's the family? How's the kids doing? And I could see him saying, well, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a work in progress. Um, you know, we're not quite there yet. Uh, most of them are dysfunctional. But I love them, and I'm not going to forsake them because they're dysfunctional. I'm going to keep on loving them and working on this relationship that I desire to have with my kids. Anybody have any kinfolk or kids that are just messed up? You don't just throw them away, do you? No. Now, I understand love from a distance. <laughs> so, the Lord doesn't have any problems within himself. But he has a lot of problems in his family. The Lord does. Isn't that amazing? So what do you do, God, when, you're, when your family and your, and your kids are dysfunctional? You, well, if you're God, you just keep on being sovereign. You keep on being perfect. You keep on being good. He's unchanging the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so you don't cause him to have a nervous breakdown. That's good. That's a good thing. Because if he had a nervous breakdown, he'd probably take it out on somebody. <laughs> oh, praise God. He's a God of relationship. He, he is a God who cares for us. And he's a God that said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. When you mess up, I'm not going to forsake you. When you do something stupid, David, I'm not going to leave you. No, 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 no. I'm going to give you opportunity. Repent, make it right. But I'm not going to change who I am. He is a God of His Word. God's trying to make us more like Him. And the more like Him we become, the healthier we will be, the happier we will be, and the healthier our relationships with one another will be. That's right. I look at Jesus Christ in the New Testament, the record of His life, His ministry, and I can see very clearly that the Lord being God in flesh, the Word that had become flesh, the invisible, made visible through manifestation, that He was no different than what He revealed about Himself in the Old Testament. He was no different. This time He just became visible. He, be, he became manifested so that we could behold Him. And of course, ultimately, so that He could take our place, die in our place as one of us for us all so that we might be reconciled. But I see that Jesus initiated relationships with all kinds of people. Isn't that amazing? He initiated. He didn't just find a throne somewhere and say, well, if they, if they need me, they'll call me. If they need healing, they'll call me. If they need salvation, they'll call me. No, but he went to where the people were. You notice that? The first thing that happened is he came into the earth. In the Old Testament, he said, I'm going to come down and I'm going to save my people. And the elder said, I have seen the salvation of the Lord. God become our salvation. We, we've read that in Scripture. But more than him just coming into the earth to die, he spent 33 plus years 
They say 33 and a half years historically. Isn't that amazing? What happened during those 33 and a half years? Relationship, that's what happened. He got to know his neighbor, and his neighbor got to know him. He was a little kid running around with other kids. He probably skipped rocks across the lake with some friends and with his other uh, uh, siblings that came later. We notice that Jesus became relatable, that he made friends because he was friendly. You know the scripture that said, he that um, hath friends must show himself friendly. Why do you do that? For relationships. Is that right? For relationships, Brother Howell. I see that he communicated with people that didn't know him. He loved people that didn't know him. He hung out with people that didn't know him. Strangers. He didn't always preach to them or teach them, but he also ate with them. He went on fishing trips with them. He went to their shops. He went to their homes. He went to their weddings. I'm not really sure if he went to their funeral. I think he did go to Lazarus's post-funeral, but that didn't turn out the way they thought. It turned out better. <laughs> Cancel the insurance. Jesus is coming. Can't cash in the line. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I realized that Jesus was more than just Lord and Christ and Savior. He was more than a healer. He was more than a miracle worker. He was more than the great pre preacher, the one who would teach with authority. But he was also the, the, the one who communicated with the, the most love that can be communicated with. He was the personification of love. No wonder the scripture says it. God is love. He doesn't have to try. He doesn't have to pray about it. He doesn't have to work hard and, 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 and go get therapy. But he just is love. So he doesn't have a hard time loving us. Isn't that good? Aren't we blessed? <laughs> also... Realized that the Lord was able to touch every level of society in a profound, impacting way because of who he was. Not just because of his action, but also because of his approach and his attitude. He got to know those in his community. He ate with them. He knew their names. The children loved to be with Jesus. Have you ever asked someone this question? Or asked yourself the question, or maybe just kind of assessed yourself or observed yourself. Maybe you have been wondering why children don't like you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure that I'm not speaking to anyone in this room. <laughs> that can change with the help of the Lord. Praise God. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. That the Lord didn't stay home, he didn't avoid people, he didn't hide in fear until the time that he was uh, to give his life and be crucified. No, he didn't pass the time, he was always involved, always reaching, always seeking. I've got to go to Samaria today, I've got to go to the island of the Gadarenes today. He went to where the man was possessed, he went to Samaria and he found the woman 
at the well. He went to Gadara. He went to Zacchaeus' house. Amazing. He came to his own, the Bible says, and his own received him not. Just because you do right doesn't guarantee that things are going to work out. God did right in the beginning. He created Adam and Eve, but it didn't work out, did it? They still messed up. Jesus told, he, he, he chose 12, and he did not make a mistake when he chose Judas. Judas made the mistake when he didn't follow the call and the plan of God. But God kept on going, kept on loving, even called the one who betrayed him friend. That is love. That is relationship. Isn't that amazing? Come on, isn't that amazing? You and I would not have chosen Judas. No, 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 no. We, we tend to think he just messed up there, but he didn't mess up. No, no, no. God doesn't mess up. Love doesn't mess up. My, my, my. Can we just lift our hands and just give thanks and praise to this loving God that loves us. Hallelujah. And everybody around us and everybody that's ever been, amen, alive. God loves every living soul. We belong to him. Praise God. So we asked the question, what was his motive? Was it so that he could fill a void in his life? Was it because he had low self-esteem and he felt inferior? What was his motive? Notice, God will love even when he doesn't get anything out of it. God will love you even when you don't love him back. Isn't that amazing, Sister Monica? That God will be good to you even when you don't even say thank you. Because he's God. And he's just going to be who he is and nothing or no one can change him from being everything that he has always been and will forever be. So you say, well, what is the motive? I believe the motive, according to the scripture, is love. The love that transcends natural affection, care, concern, benevolence. The Bible calls it agape in the Greek or charity in English. Charity. God so what? Loved the world. And we see the demonstration of that love when he gave. And he became the ultimate sacrifice. He is the greatest lover. My, 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 my. The greatest lover is in us. For the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by what? By the Holy Ghost. We are to just lift our hands and just say, oh, my God. Hallelujah. I have the love that I can love people. Amen. I have the same source. I have the same substance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wherewith I can love people even when they're not good to me, even when they don't love me in return. What a God. What a Savior. What a lover that he is. They asked Jesus the question in Matthew 22. It's recorded verse 36. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord, thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. It's got to take place. First of all, it's directional. Secondly, it must take place internally. That's where it begins. The mind, the soul, the heart. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You say, well, who's my neighbor? The guy next door. <laughs> you may not have anybody next door. 
So who is your neighbor? Well, you look that up, it just simply means fellow man. Because in reality, your neighbor could be your brother, your sister, your mother, your father. It could be anybody on this planet. Your fellow man is your neighbor. Does that make sense? <laughs> He's not saying just love your neighbor and not your brother. <laughs> when he says neighbor, fellow man, he, that includes everybody, whether they're kin or not. Does that make sense? Love your neighbor as yourself. Notice also that these are commandments, not suggestions. Good to have Brother and Sister Charles and Kay Stubblefield, a.k.a. professional biscuit maker, fisherman, my spiritual grandparents in the Lord. Praise God. If they're yours too, that's great. Grandpa, grandpas and grandmas usually have a lot of grandkids. So. Mothers and fathers, thank God we have them. But notice the scripture is very direct that we should do this. In other words, this isn't something that we feel. He didn't say have good feelings toward people. No, he said to love them. That's action. That's the action that comes from who and what God is. It's a commandment. Jesus described our neighbor in Luke chapter number 10. Amazing story, amazing story. I was reading it again today. In Luke 10, some of you are familiar. When the man was asking the Lord, well, who is my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? <laughs> and the Lord had to give him a little illustration. There was a man which left Jerusalem, went down to Jericho, and he fell among thieves. They stripped him of his raiment. They wounded him. They left him for dead. Sounds like some things that have happened to us in life. Maybe not in physical, in the physical, you know, beaten you know, or clothed, but maybe mentally, emotionally, spiritually. You felt like you'd been stripped and robbed and wounded and abandoned. And the Bible says that there was a priest that, came by, a priest came by, and he probably said a prayer. But he saw him, and he passed by. Isn't that something? He saw the man stripped, wounded, abandoned, left for dead, and he went by. He was probably late for church. Lord, bless that man. <laughs> Indulge me, thank you. And then comes the Levite, the, you know, the, the Levite also in, in ministry. And he had a Bible study to teach, and he was actually probably running late too. So he just, as he went by, he saw the man in bad condition. He gave him a track, and he went on his way and said, if you need me, my email's on the back. So, <clears throat> I guess if it was modern times, that would probably, probably be reality. So the, the priest went by, the Levite went by, and then comes the certain Samaritan. The Samaritan comes by, and when he sees this man who's stripped and wounded and beat, left for dead, unable to help or heal himself, 
He put everything else in his life on hold, and he responded to that need. Isn't that amazing? That's what love does. Love will inconvenience oneself. Love will make a sacrifice to meet a need, to heal a wound, to help a brother. Listen, that wounded man that fell among thieves, that could be anybody out there or anybody in here. Do you understand? That could be anybody. But this man demonstrated mercy and compassion and care. He made sacrifice. He transported him. He paid for him a place to stay and even gave a little extra. Isn't that amazing? Wow. The demonstration of loving your neighbor. Praise God. Praise God. How many would just lift your hands with, with me and say, I, I, I want to be like that. Hallelujah. I, I want to be like that. Woo, I don't want to see them and pass them by. Oh, God, I, I want to have a better perception of my brother and their need. That's what's amazing. All three of them saw this man, but when the Samaritans saw him, he saw him differently than the others saw him. Amen. I believe that we need to be real with God and real with ourselves and real with each other and realize that we are living in a problematic world that probably everybody's going through something or another and everybody needs love and everybody needs help and everybody needs Jesus that we carry within us. And oh God, may we become an extension of who and what you are, not just to the world, but to the brothers and sisters in the house of God, to each other, to love one another. Amazing. Matthew chapter number 5, verses 44. I hope I'm not boring you here tonight. I hope you're staying awake for a little while. Oh my God, I could just spend some time with God. I haven't done like the Samaritan. Oh Lord seems like that, uh, you know, when, when you're hurting, it's, it's hard to help people. You, you've heard the saying that hurt people hurt people. But what's amazing to me is Jesus was hurt, was wounded, was rejected, was despised of men, was a man acquainted with sorrow and grief. He was stricken, listen, persecuted. But he just, when you cut him, he didn't bleed bitterness. No, 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 no. When you cut him, he bled goodness and love and gentleness and the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, it's amazing the power and the potency of the very love of God that we have access to. Woo, my God, that tells me that I need to grow in him. Hallelujah. Because mature people have healthier relationships. Healthier people have healthier relationships. That's amazing. They could hurt him, but they couldn't stop him from loving. My God, my God, my God. They hurt him, but they couldn't stop him from loving. Hallelujah. How many would just lift your hands with me and say, I've been hurt too. I, I, I've been done wrong too. Oh, but what am I doing? How am I responding, Lord? Hallelujah. I haven't just been hurt out in the world. Amen. And according to the scripture, the wounds usually take place in the house among your own. And Jesus tasted and experienced that quite well. 
But even when he was wounded among his own, he never stopped loving them, never stopped seeking for them, never stopped reaching for them, never stopped, amen, offering his love and his mercy and his forgiveness. Even when they did not deserve it, he still gave. Whoo, God. Hallelujah. Mm. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, he said, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I was thinking of something, and it's not in my notes, but I was thinking of something the other day, just, just kind of profound, really. A, a, a man that is known to be a man after the heart of God. Well, for a long time, this man was a hurting man. This man was a confused man. This man struggled every day to survive. I'm talking about young David. David and Saul, the story. The contrast. We see that they went to the same church, had the same faith, had the same prophet, the same anointing, the same office, same responsibility. We know they were two different people. They handled things two different ways. But there was a period of time, a long season, that Saul was chasing and trying to kill David. And let me tell you, that, that, that will bother a person. If someone's trying to hunt you down like an animal and kill you, that bothers, that will bother you, that will torment you. You will be confused. And David had every opportunity, well, not every opportunity, but opportunities came for him to retaliate and to hurt Saul. But something greater than him, a love that was greater than his ability to love, was trying to orchestrate his life. And even when David had the opportunity to slay and to do harm to the man that had done him harm, he said, no, not going to do it. The soldiers and his peers were saying, get him now, get him now, you got him. He's vulnerable. He said, no, not going to do that, not going to do that. I'm not going to touch the Lord's anointing, not going to do that. Hallelujah. That's not God's way. That's not God's will. Amazing. Amazing. You see, if David would have touched the man of God, David would have never made it to the throne. Some of you will never graduate to where God wants you to be. Amen. Until you learn to show mercy and goodness and forgiveness to those that have treated you unfavorably. Somebody lift your hands one more time with me and say, that's right, relationship. Oh, that's right, relationship. That's the kind of relationship that God can help us to have. Oh, my God. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 34. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. This, God's been talking this language a long time. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt, and I am the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 19, he reiterates, he says, Love ye therefore the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. 
love the lost because there was a time where you were lost. Huh? Love those who don't know because there was a time where you didn't know. You didn't earn the revelation of the oneness of God. No, 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 no. Grace gave that to you. God's grace and goodness gave us the revelation of who he is. That's right. The grace of God that brings salvation. Yeah, it appeared to all men, not just a select few, but to all. That means God loves all. And if God loves all, shouldn't we as his offspring love all? Amen. Praise God. Because every human soul is made by God and for God and therefore cannot be fulfilled without God who is love. What does that tell you? That means that the human soul cannot be fulfilled without love. The love that God is. Love is the greatest power and motivation for right relationships. Why, why are you talking about this? Because re relationships are involved in reconciliation. If people are going to come to the Lord, it's going to be because there was some level of relationship. Huh? Some level of relationship. And I know relationships grow and increase and so forth, and they should. But not only is right relationship and treating people right within and without, because we do want them to be saved. We do want people to be born again. We do want them to be adopted into the family of God. But also, furthermore, we want them to stay. You know, if, if, if we learn how to have healthy relationships and treat people right, our brothers, then, then people will actually stay and actually enjoy our company. Isn't that good? You can just shake somebody's hand and say, man, I like you. You're not perfect, but I love you. I love you. But, you know, you, you love me. It's awesome to be in a place where you're loved. And listen, people need to feel that they're loved. That's right. I've, I've heard from, from people, and you could probably do an interview and, and you know, ask a certain percentage of people. And, 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 and you know, there will be some people that maybe they're a little healthier and they're a little happier and, and they're more involved and, you know, they're more engaged, and you can say, man, this, you know, it's, it's awesome, and I have friends, and there's so much love, but you can ask a select few, and they will tell you, I'm depressed, nobody loves me, <laughs> but that's not true, you are loved, but let me put it back on us, we have to learn how to communicate love at the level that they can receive. I got, I got to learn to communicate on a baby level so that the baby can feel the love and the security and the comfort and the care and not be terrified of me. D does that make sense? God can teach us. So I'm saying this because I want to grow in this area. I, I want to be able to love people when, when, they, when they don't even like me or agree with me. I don't want to render evil for evil because we're going to get some evil. We're going to get some, you know, some slaps and some, you know, we're going to get labeled. You know, people are all into labels now. But if we're going to win them, we got to learn how to respond with a soft answer. 
And as the scripture says, when a man's ways please the Lord, and that's really what it's all about. When a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's right relationship. Huh? That's right relationship. Hallelujah. Amazing. Amazing. Is this okay for a little lesson here tonight? We're about done. And this is one of those unending messages, open-ended, <laughs> because it's from cover to cover. Praise God. Everybody needs love and needs to be a part of relationship. Is that all right? Praise God. Remember in Romans chapter number 5, verse 8, this, to this day, I, I'm still amazed when I read this and begin to meditate on this great truth. But God commendeth or showed or proved or demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet smoking dope. <laughs> huh? While we, were, while we were at the club. While we were dancing to the wrong tune with the wrong partner. Hello. While we were road raging. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't see any perfect people in here tonight. That's why I feel comfortable. <laughs> Woo. Somebody say he's a bad boy. You should have seen him when he was in prison. He's like, <laughs> he's telling people, go get me a honey bun. <laughs> Inside joke. <laughs> but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Sometimes I hate to think back, Pastor. Sometimes it's just embarrassing. To think back at what I was and where I was and how I lived and things that I said and things that I'd done. But it just amazes me when I think that God loved me no less. That he was concerned for me. Oh, may that love, oh, may it circulate through us and flow in and through us. That we can extend that to people everywhere, within and without, in Adam, in Christ, that same love. The love that doesn't show partiality. Oh, that's amazing. The love that can treat all people equal, rich or poor, no matter the culture, uh, no matter your uh, political stance, love all people. We can do that. Will you tell somebody close by, we can do that. We can do that. And when we do it, we make a greater difference. We become more effective in our ministry and in impacting the world around us. Yes, we do. There's nothing more potent or more powerful than love, the love of God. What does love do? Love seeks to reach, reconcile, redeem, and restore. I'm going to get a little music. Somebody, I'm not sure. Uh, Brother Cooper, do you play keyboards? I'm just, somebody want to help me? I'm, clo I'm, I'm trying to close right now and just save, save us here tonight.
bless you. Thank you, sister, for Tina. God bless you. So what does love do? It's, it, it seeks. It gives. It provides. It's after reconciliation, redemption, restoration. It's after fellowship. To help bring others into the fellowship of the family of God. Hallelujah. And of course, God's love is the means and the motive. At least it should be for reaching, for reconciling, and for having healthy relationships. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, as I'm winding down here, reveals that this love, this charity, this agape from God involves more than action. Because he said you can, you can give to the poor, you can give your body to be burned. So that tells me, Brother Mackey, that it's more, it involves action. But it's not limited to just action because some people can't do a whole lot of things. Maybe they're handicapped. So it's, it's more than just actions. It's also attitude. Tell somebody love has an attitude. Love doesn't just have an action. Love has an attitude. Hmm? It's not just always what you do. Here, eat your food. <laughs> no, Brother Nadji, we don't, we don't, no. No, come on. Come on, we, we want you to eat. We want you to enjoy this meal. We want you to know that this is an expression of our love and our desire to care for you and bless you and provide a need, even if it's just a temporal need. Let's stand here tonight. I know it's just a general topic, but it applies to all of us and all of the relationships in our lives. My God. So we see, according to Corinthians 13, it's not just right actions, but it's right attitudes. It's not just right methods, but it's also right motives. <laughs> it's also the spirit in which you do it or say it. How is also important. Not just what, but also how. Is that, brother, is that Brother Kedrick? God bless you, man of God. Because it's not just the what that affects the relationships, Sister Fatima. It's also the how. <laughs> Could you imagine my dear sister over here playing? Give me some, uh, uh, you know how to play that song, I'll Fly Away? You, you know how to play a song that's really fast? Yes, she does. Let me just illustrate this to you, and I'm, I'm closing. 816, I'm, I'm, we're closing. Could you imagine? This, this is how we do it here in, in, in our culture. Just give me a key to F. Key to F. Oh, some glad morning when this life is over. Stop. Okay. That did, you start to get your groove on, huh? Some of us old school. Talking about, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's my jam there. That's my jam. I'll fly away. He set me free in the sweet by and by. But what would happen if you played it too fast? F again. Some glad morning we shall see. Yeah. I'll fly away, oh glory. I 
You see, not only was I singing it too fast, I was also singing it out of tune. So it's not just what you do, it's how you do it. The spirit that you do it in, the attitude. Is this okay? You still my friend? Pastor, I was asking the question today, what are the ways that we can love? And, and let me tell some of you um, introverted people that you don't have to have the gift of gab and you don't have to be a big talker to do this. Do you understand? You, you don't have to have a pulpit to be a lover, to love people. And you don't have to have some great talent and supernatural ability. No. God can teach you how to love, how to demonstrate that love. And here's some ways through kindness, through respect, through forgiveness, through providing, meeting a need, a card, prayers, comfort, sister, through providing comfort. That demonstrates love. Giving our time, giving our attention, giving our affection. Speaking the truth in love. Being honest, being real. Providing service, ministry, labor. Accountability. Showing pity. There's so many ways to demonstrate love. To one another. And to those that maybe we haven't even met yet. Brother Mark. Galatians 6 says, as we therefore have opportunity, let's do good to all men. Tell somebody as we close, do good to all men. And if you don't know what to do that is good, ask God. Because God has all knowledge and all wisdom. And he knows what will work for all people. That's right. You may bless them with some corn, but it may, it may take a fruitcake for them. No pun intended. <laughs> do good to all men especially them who are of the household of faith Hebrews 13 but do good and to communicate forget not for with such sacrifices God is well pleased in closing let's lift our hands to the Lord I hope the word has spoke to you tonight as it has me oh God I want the love that that gives me the willingness and the motive and the drive and the wisdom that teaches me the right method and the right mode, the right attitude and the right approach so that I love my neighbor in the house of God and without, those in the faith and those without. Oh, Lord, help us tonight. God, because we want to become more like you, and align with you and walk in agreement with you so that we can be an extension of who and what you are in this world to let your love be manifest and to let the light that you are shine forth through us. We need your spirit. We can't do it on our own. Help us here tonight. Oh God, help us here tonight. Hallelujah. We appeal to you, Lord. We want to do this. You said to do this, and therefore we want to do it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and your voice.
Let's give the Lord praise for that word tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Brother Sad, for speaking to our hearts. Listen, there is absolutely no force in the universe more powerful than love. Love will conquer your greatest pain. It will. If we will learn to receive and to respond in love. It'll bring a peace to your heart, to your mind. I think the Lord's been talking to us for the last couple Wednesdays about judgment last Wednesday. Judging not, forgiving and loving our brothers and sisters. And then tonight, on, on the power of love. How many of you know the saying is true? It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Paul quoted Jesus on that, but we actually can't find that in the Gospels. So it was either just simply not recorded by the four, or it was something that the Lord gave him personally during his time of relationship with the Lord. More blessed to give than to receive. And you have to love. Well, I guess I taught a few years ago. You can, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. If you're a lover, you're a giver. A giver of support, strength, forgiveness. A giver of hope. You'll be amazed at the change you can make in someone's life. If you'll just take the time to show a little love, just a little. It'll amaze you. How many of y'all can remember your whole day being changed or maybe an entire situation just because someone stopped and took the time to show you a little love? I certainly can. I certainly can. I want to thank you for being faithful on Wednesday nights. We prayed earlier, so I'm not going to have you come back down. We've already been in the altar and prayed, and the Lord has uh, ministered and touched. I want to thank you for being faithful on cold Wednesday nights in South Florida. It's cold. Anything under 60. I'm surprised y'all not wearing y'all scarves. 25 years ago when my wife and I came to Florida and the first winter came, and it was about 62, we went to church that night, we were dressed normal and everybody was all, they had coats on, scarves, and their legs were wrapped. It went, I said, what in the world? After about three years of living in Florida, we was wearing our own scarves and wrapping our own selves up at 60 degrees. So thank you for being faithful. You're wonderful. You're the greatest people on the planet. 
be sure and find someone, hug them and greet them and say, I love you in Jesus. I love you in Jesus. Let's greet one another. Be kind to one another. God bless you. Find a guest. Find someone you don't know. 